0: Welcome to the Money and Time Machine Podcast, where you can learn how to rage against the theft of your financial future by listening to a unique perspective on what's holding you back from a life of more money and more time. Hello,
1: and welcome to the Money and Time Machine Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Paul. Welcome to episode 232. Where to from year? If you're like most people around the world, I'm here in Perth, for example, you may be in America or England perhaps, then you're most likely at the pointy end of what has been a tumultuous couple of years. The COVID years followed closely by the craziness that is the Russia-Ukraine battle that has drawn in anyone with an opinion. But regardless of your views on the issues, Following this chaos comes the lamentation, the grieving of what was. It was your familiar. It was your North Star. The world is a little different now. You can't have come through it and not have wondered what and what if there are any more surprises to come. Or maybe you're not perturbed at all by what's been happening. But seeing things for what they are is the difference between those who can create something from what is what is and those who might feel they've lost their footing a little or more than you might care to admit. In the USFA, there was a phenomenon known as the Great Resignation, where a reported estimate of around 47 million people quit their jobs in recent years in search of better options. Reasons range from low pay, limited to no opportunities for advancement, and of course, a lack of respect. Some people have argued that the Great Resignation was on the rise prior to COVID anyway. COVID just exacerbated people's disenfranchisement with the system. This was in the USA alone, and it stands to reason that this phenomenon expressed itself in other developed countries also. Here's what I know about us as a species. Too much change has a destabilizing effect on us. It makes us anxious, it makes us angry, resentful, but more significantly, It leaves us feeling confused. So I thought, why not let's discuss this issue, share some thoughts, and perhaps there'll be something in our conversation that may offer you a sense of direction, a sense of feeling that it's okay to feel lost. It's, after all, part of the hero's journey. No one said that it was going to be a walk in the park. To help me with the conversation is my dear friend from England, Robert Hamilton, to chit-chat our way to an exit of this maze called the post-COVID era. Welcome, Rob.
0: Welcome. How are you?
1: I'm very well. I'm very well. Sorry for the long uh, diatribe, but I thought it was important to uh, lay a foundation. You and I have already had a good chat a couple of nights ago, um, but at the same time, it's Thursday here in uh, Perth, and uh, I think it's uh, early morning for you in England?
0: Uh, Afternoon. Oh, afternoon. Okay.
1: Okay, with yeah. my my timelines, but now look, thank you uh, very much for that uh, chat on uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, I hey, think-
0: very welcome! Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think I needed it more than um than I uh, than I care to admit, but uh, it was good. There was good grounding for the week. Now, Rob, I, I've sent you a series of questions, as I do with all my guests, because you know I really want people to give a bit of thought, and more importantly, I like my clients. Or sort of my guests, I should say, um, to talk from their personal experience. That way it comes from the heart, and you know other, other than that, it's more than just a Q and A. But the first question I, I want to, uh, to ask you is, and I mentioned in the intro, the last few years was foisted upon us. L- l- let's be honest, no one saw it coming. Mm-hmm. And for many, coping with an imposed way of life has been hard. And now that restrictions have eased somewhat, I know it's probably different from state to state and country to country. As a coach helping people with change, what are the sorts of sentiments that you are hearing from your clients looking to shrug off the funk, shall we say, of this very dark period in their lives?
0: Yes, that's it's a very good question. And, you know, the responses from people that I've been speaking to have been, you know, rather mixed. Yeah. But I found, you know, on the whole, from the people that I speak to, and a a kind of feeling that I get, if you like, is that, you know, people had this, so what now kind of feeling. Yeah. Sort of being, you know, because lockdown got people to, reflect if you like uh on on the life you know and and on the work and on the way of life and how they live the life but you know i I also get this feeling that now that you know in the uk lockdown has has ended all the restrictions are gone there's no mask wearing or anything like that but and and as the time sort of progresses I, i just feel that more people have sort of slipped back or resettled if you like back into that pre-pandemic world that they lived in before interesting you you know so it's, it's like an apathy if you like but sort of a forced apathy because they you know so what now what what do i actually do now i want to change something but what yeah. <laughs> you, you know it, it's it's quite Quite amazing, I was speaking to an accountant uh about forty something, and you know he went through this through that thinking in in the pandemic and wanted to do something else, but he's just slipped back into his old life because he doesn 't know what well what can I do, where can I go from here
1: yeah absolutely i mean th- it only goes to reaffirm. Um, my personal thoughts, which is that we are creatures of habit, aren't we? And uh, we, we don't like change. We, we It's very destabilizing. And, uh, you know, and look, I, I can't blame anyone for thinking there was a time that I, I adhered to that thinking. But I, I, I'd like to think that I've used my past experiences where I got too comfortable. Uh, the signs were on the wall. Uh, that I needed to change, I didn't, and then something else would happen, and uh, you know, and then and then I end up beating myself. Why didn't I when I, I had the opportunity to to change direction? But uh, whether it was fear, whether it's you know our, our our addiction to our familiars, so I'm not surprised that that uh, that uh, you know your sentiments there have echoed essentially the conversations that you've had with a lot of people. But that said, Rob, do do you do you think the societal landscape? has changed and what was important for us a few short years ago, and it wasn't that long, 24 months plus. uh, Do you think uh, what was important has been replaced with a new set of values Um, for some people? Do you think people have emerged from the so-called pandemic wanting different things in life, so to speak? Um, And what does that mean for people like you who might have been I guess used to doing things in a certain way do you feel that you need to spice things up in terms of your coaching your skills and perspectives for for example
0: yeah I I do for sure uh I'm a very much uh I like to call myself an an intuitive coach and by that I'm, and I need to be personally wh- whether this is a, a a limiting belief or not I'm not too sure but I like to be in the energy orbit of of the people I see, and that way I, I can, you know, I get to feel them. I think in psychological terms they call it sort of empathy accuracy. It's the ability to be able to read the thoughts and and feelings and emotions of people. And you know, during the pandemic, obviously I couldn't I couldn't see people face to face. I had to do it via video, which wasn't as bad because you know at least i could you know read facial expressions and yes. top, top half body language you know <laughs> but uh the, there's some uh clients who, who prefer it on the phone now yeah and i i struggle with that i i can't really help somebody that i haven't seen you know face to face on video or, or, in person. I, I can't then help them on on the phone because I, I don't get a sense for that person. So, you know, it's is that a skill that I need to develop? I, I know that there's a lot of coaches out there that do that. I see advertised, and they do a lot of phone work. Yeah. You know, that they just yeah. speak to people on the phone and and help them that way. But, you know, so it, it that changed something for me. You know, is that something I've got to look at? You know, I've had quite a few clients that potential clients that have had to refuse because they only they their style of learning if you like was was via the phone
1: yes yeah uh, absolutely. And I know it was a tricky question for me to ask you, you know, whether you think the societal landscape has changed, because you and I were, were chatting earlier this week, and I referenced the fact that I was listening to an interview with Jordan Peterson, and I can't remember the other gentleman's name, but we were talking about the, the, uh, you know, the impact of COVID is yet to be determined So there, there, there will be a fallout of what's happened in the last few years. We can't just resume business as usual and forget that it's happened. Um, I was just curious as to whether you've seen any insights starting. So, so, but you know, yeah. So uh, apologies if I threw a a long-winded question at you. Um, But no, no, yeah, it 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 is interesting that um, you've, uh, like you said, you're very well attuned to your style of uh, coaching, uh, and there's a, I guess, there's a bit of authenticity where. You just know the people that you can help, and you know the people that you can't, even though you could in in theory. Um, but I guess there's um, uh, there's a certain principle that you adhere to, uh, where it's got to be heart to heart.
0: Yeah, sure, and and I think that is affecting on on society. You know, people are not wanting to go back to the office, are they? They they want to work from home. <laughs> you, you know, so so the landscape has definitely changed and and affected some people but with that then comes you know additional uh problems with that not everybody can work from home yeah although that's being forced upon them now you know so some people prefer that working office environment with interaction and i read recently about how you don't learn as well from from home if you're young going into employment Yes, You know, it's, it, you, you learn better off, off your peers yeah. in that uh, environment where you're all mixed in together.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like being in the energy orbit of those people. You know, some people just naturally had that. That's their, their cognitive preference. Um, yeah. So, so you're spot on. That is an observation I've made. Now, I don't want to sound you know, like I'm putting you in a corner or, or trying to be controversial. Um, but you mentioned something to me when last we spoke, and that was that you were a little suspect of people in the coaching and mentoring realm whose approach to helping their clients can seem a bit drawn out and protracted. And I think we also mentioned this the, the other night, that I'm not a clinical psychologist, and, and I would uh, adhere to the fact that some clients um, need much longer Uh, to recover and heal, to overcome their their traumas and their life challenges. But in general, let's pick that middle section of the cohort of people actively looking to improve themselves. Do you still echo the sentiment that helping a client beyond a certain point or period may be akin to being in the self-interest of the coach and mentor?
0: Yes, I, I do. And it is quite controversial because most of the coaches out there do seem to offer these six month and and twelve month uh, coaching programs, and I, I I just don't get it. there the seems to be a lot of information out there right now, you know, to where you can get help, etc. Yes, uh, but I, I think if if you're telling somebody, look, it's going to take twelve months, I think that's sort of implying to the person, is it not that there must be a lot of things wrong with that person, they must be doing so much stuff wrong, that yes. it's going to take them 12 months to achieve whatever outcome it is they want to achieve or to have the tools that they want to achieve. And previously, you know, you mentioned uh, healing and whatever, the, the healing aspect. Yeah, I mean, that is more though counselling, you know, so mm. that's dealing with a past issue, whereas a coach only deals really with the present and and future, you know, so yeah, some people you know might take longer to overcome a, a traumatic experience like the the pandemic, for example yes uh, but yeah, coach doesn't deal with with that sort of stuff, they only deal really with the now and what what that person wants to achieve, what their outcomes are.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. No. Th- thanks for that. As I said, I didn't. It, it might sound like a, a controversial uh, question, but but here's the reason I, I asked that question, uh, Roberts. A bit of a side off. Um, uh, m- many years ago, I was speaking to a, a school friend of mine. Now she spent about fourteen years uh, in academia, and you know ended up with more um, degrees than I could poke a stick at. But it, it was fascinating. That in retrospect, the the thing that she 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 mentioned to me was that she became she felt like and she didn't realize while she was in the process, but, you know, just like she became an internal uh, student. And, you know, and she said, well, that, that was 14 years of my adult life. So from an economic point of view, even though she was highly credentialed, she suffered because she now had to play catch up to, you know, friends and uh, that have been working for as long. You know, I mean, she did part time work, but that's a long time to study. And so and then on top of that, um, a lot of what she studied was kind of redundant by the time she was finished. So she'd, she'd adhere to this idea of, you know, I'm a woman, get a degree or multiple degrees and I'll be set. But it had the opposite effect. And then, of course, you know, I, I've, uh, you can say she was the eternal student, but you also don't want to be that person who feels that they need help. You don't want to be the eternal seeker either, because then you'll spend all of your time finding coaches and therapies. And I guess the point I was making there is that, you know, the one thing a coach or a mentor can't do for you is the doing stuff. You know, so by all means, you know, get help. Um, but the experiential component of whatever you want to pursue in life really comes from uh, um, from within. And so at some point, you've got to, you know, put the books down, you've got to put the learning down, and then you've got to put that into action. So, uh, you know, so that was part of my 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 thinking behind anyone who's always, you know, seeking. Seeking's fine, but don't become an eternal seeker. Uh, because you'll always find, as you said, you'll come across that coach or mentor, um, that will sense, look, if it takes me 12 months, I'll take you for, for a 12-month ride. Uh, and I've seen people go from one coach to the next. And I, I my question is like, what are you looking for? You know? Um, so so thanks for your well, answer there.
0: A, a lot of the time, Justin, I call that side Yes. And but people are just, you know, oh, I need to do another course. I, I, I need to see another coach. I need to, you know, take this online course. And, and they're just sidestepping what, they really need to do which is take some action yes it, it, it's quite simple but a lot of people don't want to take that action or they they're not confident enough to take that action
1: yeah yeah i know no, that's fair enough and, and look i myself was there one one time so you know um i i i totally understand look in looking back now uh, that makes perfect sense now uh, rob what are your thoughts on the personal development arena? I've been reading a lot on on the personal thoughts of highly regarded personalities within the personal development space itself and um, and it was just fascinating and I'm not going to mention any names here, but they you know one highly renowned author um in fact, he's probably one of the pioneers of the personal development industry himself. He said that a lot of stuff out there doesn't work very well as you know as well as you would uh, people would have you believe but w- when i read different people who had similar thoughts i i sort of i th- felt it was important to have context to what they were saying because they're not saying that it's bad but they are saying that you've got to be careful because not everything that comes out that's new in the personal development er- uh, arena is effective for most people and perhaps only a small percentage of people tend to uh, benefit, um, like the doers and the winners, because they always tend to market you know the one percentage of people that did this course and this program and look what happens. But history sort of tells me that there's always at one to three percent of people, regardless of what industry, what endeavor. Um, but that phenomenon seems to uh, remain the same. Is that something that you've observed as well?
0: Yeah, it is. It is, in. There seems to be so much uh, self-help out there. You know, there's a, there seems to be a program for everything. And everyone, obviously, with their marketing skills are all saying that their program is the best and this is the only one you need. And, you, you know, you're right. It's There isn't a sort of one size fits all. It's about finding what, what works for that individual. Uh, and but yeah some of it is effective and and some of it isn't i i can only go back to when i first started out and i decided i wanted to change my life and back then in the 80s you know there wasn't all this self-help around but you know i just decided that i wanted to change set myself an exciting compelling goal and I read a few books and just got on with it.
1: Yeah.
0: And and you know that turned my my life around. You know, yeah. so I I think there's it complicates things when you see so much information. You know, if you ask a question and then you get you know fifty answers, <laughs> which answer <laughs> do you use? Yeah.
1: Uh, ab- absolutely, and, and look once again. I, I'm coming from purely. I mean, I recall in my twenties, I think I did more courses than I care to admit, and, and I'm more embarrassed because the the ultimate question then, well, well, if you did these courses, how come you 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 know you're not smarter or or, or more successful, and why did it take so long? Um, so, you know, and that in itself, it can be uh, soul destroying the, the thing that you have done all these courses and programs of learning. So you should be better off than most. But the reality was, as I said, you become ensconced as being this, um, you know, you're for, you're forever learning. Um, and so I guess part of uh, the foundational basis for this uh, podcast issue is is to really find something that's effective for you. But ultimately, as you said, you know, you got on with the job of endeavouring to pursue whatever skills you need it. Uh, and it is all in the doing. The information's there. It, I think you and I have said plenty of times you can swim backwards in information. Um, but information in and of itself is of little value if you can't enact it. And, um, you know, I spoke to a, a gentleman last week that says, look, I've been an eternal student for, you know, because I, I use that term eternal student, but the only difference is I've always balanced it by practising, uh, learning, practising putting it into action, seeing what results, and if the results weren't what I wanted, I, I just dropped it. You know, he sort of had that personality. He says, listen, I've tried this for a year. It's not working. Doing it for another year is like a waste of a year. So I really liked his thinking, uh, but not everyone thinks that way. Uh, you know, we feel as though once we commit, we've got to commit until it changes. But if, if the results aren't forthcoming, then uh, I think then you have to ask yourself the question, uh, you know, um, is this effective? Um, and try not to, as I did It didn't work, so it must then reflect on me because then it has this sort of um, self-sabotaging effect where you're trying to learn something new to embolden yourself, but it ends up eroding your confidence. So that that was just interesting. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But but I do think you touched on it there as well, Justin, is you know you got to find what works for you, but then stick to it and at least give it some time. Yes. You you know, I see too many people will, will give a certain system that they've just learned or or you know whatever it is but they don't give it enough time to actually take effect yes that they, they, they'll use it for one or two months and then suddenly they see you know something shinier that that's getting advertised and and so they jump onto that one and you know and it doesn't matter which system you find if, if you don't get time enough to you know you know to work then Whatever you do isn't going to work, yeah. then you just become the eternal student,
1: yeah. And look, I think that was the pretext that of all the articles I was re- reading when people said, you know, uh, NLP may not be ineffective. Now, you tell someone who's a NLP prat- a practitioner, um, then you would imagine the defenses, uh, uh would, would uh, go up and 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 you know, people would sort of come back at you. But I think the, the what, what I discovered. And, you know, when you when your ego is out of the way is that they're saying, look, you know, let's take NLP since I've mentioned it. There are some people that are exceptionally good at it, you know, and they get results. And then I get people that, you know, have done it and, you know, they love talking about it. And and I guess the question is, um, you know, what are the results like? And you can only ever base things on the results. And so if you're going to do anything, like you said, give it time, become a master of whatever it is you you, you're doing because the people who do things well have mastery over whatever it is whatever the program of learning what you know i don't care what it is um whereas others just think well i've got it i know it and um uh, but they've never really devoted themselves and committed themselves and i think that's ultimately the difference between the people as you said who've learned something given it a bit of time and they become ma- they have mastery of it, and then they seem to have this seamless ability to create results, whereas others just struggle no matter what they do.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm an NLP practitioner, by the way, and I, I wasn't, uh, you, you know, offended. I, I didn't become defensive either mm, no, when, no, no, when you, you yeah. mentioned when when you mentioned that previously, uh, because there you know there are some components of NLP that I found very very useful and and some that i didn't you know but yes uh some of it is good and and some of it isn't it, that's just my my opinion you know but i've found that it, it can help with clients in some context mm. or in some situation
1: no 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 absolutely and now you understand why it's a very sensitive thing where you know it's there's not many people i can have this conversation where uh you 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 take the the context of the conversation without uh, feeling biased or, or triggered. So, so thank you very much for that. Um, Rob, the last few years, you know, mm-hmm. we spoke about this on Tuesday. It's left many people confused. It's, it was like a tornado that came through and unhitched the moorings and decimated critical landmarks. And I'm talking about psychological landmarks that we used to use as guides I'm in the process now of pivoting yet again. There's a word we had a good laugh about pivoting um, <laughs> to, uh, to YouTube to get more engagement. What, what sage advice do you have for people who may feel that they've been through more change than what they may have been accustomed to and where it's had a destabilizing-like effect? So in other words, their confidence has taken a bit of a battering, as it were. They may feel that whatever courage they had a few short years ago may have dropped below that nearly empty sign.
0: Yeah, it has hit, hit uh, a, a lot of people that, uh, and sort of made them less confident because of that reflection that they went through and in during the pandemic, you know, and and sort of saying to themselves, "Well, I want to change something here." But then not knowing what to do, and that in turn then dents the confidence again. But the the good thing is with confidence is is it's that's something I would say that you know people should have a a real look at look after the mind and especially the the confidence because your confidence is just a muscle.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: it. It's just like you have a physical muscle, you know. So. If if you don't work on it and you don't keep it worked, then it can get weaker, you know. So I, I would tell everybody to to just make sure that their confidence is as high as what you know they think it is. Yeah, and to keep working on it, keep working on on your mind, on on your mental fitness as well as your you know your your physical fitness or your spiritual fitness or your financial fitness you know all your work fitness you know that you have to look after your mind it's rather like a you know a garden you got beautiful roses in a nice bed yes you, you know, and that's all well and good but if you don't nurture that garden and <clears throat> excuse me pull the weeds out and soon those weeds overcome the 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 beautiful roses strangle them and and they die Yeah, and confidence. You know, lack of confidence. You know, or rather, your confidence can get dented. It can get worn out. It can deplete.
1: You know, so I, I would
0: really advise people to really work on the confidence and work on their their self belief.
1: Yes. Yeah, I love that word you you and i talked about this the other day and and sometimes you know you mentioned that every time you you mention the word belief, people tend to roll their eyes but i have made an observation and then i I'll, I'll ask you a, another question you know when, when you watch the news today you know i i i did a um the final um mini podcast uh last week in the psychology of wealth series it was just a 2 to 5 minute Um, podcast snippet I narrate um, a book of someone that we know and um, I completed um, uh, episode 99 and in it uh, it's interesting and you've heard this before they say in times of you know recessions uh, great wealth is made people become wealthier Um, you know and and I, I just find it fascinating that when you listen to the news or anything, you know, to, for example, inflation, and they're talking about wage catch-up, people tend to, um, when things are tough, they pull back. They, yeah. they, they, they want to cut costs. And, you know, and so you've got this mentality of, of, of lack. Um, there's, little, there's scarcity in their thinking. And you yeah. and I we were talking about this idea of belief because one would imagine that before we can talk about confidence and raise your confidence but it would stem from i guess the the sense of belief that you have about you and your capacity and your abilities would, would you would you think so
0: yeah i would you know I, I think you have to have a strong belief in you know in in the world uh that it is a good place you got to have a strong belief in in other people that most people are inherently good. Uh, and I think you know, and again, you've got to have that belief in yourself and your own abilities that that you can, you know, achieve. Just going back, you mentioned the news there. Mm. Uh, one bit of advice I, I would give everybody is <laughs> or a tip is don't watch the news, you know, unless your job actually depends on it, steer clear of, of the news uh i i you know this doesn't mean that you be- you have to bury your head in the sand and not, no, know no, of course not. but you know but perhaps read the news because then at least you can con- control what's yes. actually going into your head yes because it all has an effect on you you know and, and again that can damage your beliefs or, or or lessen your confidence and make you feel like well, what's the point? You know, what what's the point in me even trying?
1: Yes, yes.
0: You know, because because the world, uh, sorry, the news, it, it's just all bad news. There's there's never anything good on the news. You know, and it and it can take its toll on you.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's exactly what I was alluding to. If if you know, if you're not conscious of the fact that um uh, you know the, the, the there's a reason behind what's coming at you through this uh, idiot box or uh, do people listen to radios anymore i don't know but you know essentially I, I was just picking up on the narrative and the narrative is always lack scarcity fear yeah um, and, and, fear, and, and yeah. You, you can't get confidence using those as a foundation. And, and you talk about any strong beliefs. Well, if, if, that's, if that's what you're sitting on, no wonder uh, people feel that their confidence has eroded or, or you know, and they've got beliefs that, um, well, everyone else is in the same boat. That's what everyone else is telling you. So it just reaffirms that uh, lack, scarcity. Um, uh, and, um, and what else is there? Um, you know, a lack of abundance, um, so no, no. Yeah, you, you're right. I just don't think people appreciate that it really stems down from your beliefs because very few of us actually think about, look, what do I actually believe in? Well, where do my beliefs come yeah. from? Um, where did I get from? I, I love this question that uh, you, you say that when, when people throw hairy ones at you, you say, you know, when did you decide that? You know, when someone yeah. tells you something that that's a limiting belief, who told you that? And I thought, wow, yeah. you know, th- th- that's absolutely brilliant. And you seem to use, you, you seem to have a knack for picking up on people where they're at in terms of their belief systems. And then somehow you sort of uh, do a U-turn and get them to go back. Hey, hang on. This is something that you mentioned. Do you really believe that? Where did it come from? So that's always been the foundation for your, your coaching that intuitive all, sense that you all have. All the people. time.
0: Yeah. All, all the time. And, and unlike some coaches, I don't think all of these limiting beliefs or, or, harmful beliefs stop as i call them they can't all be eradicated from from the mind you know because they're they're so entrenched yes But what you can do is you can layer if you like it you can layer other more helpful beliefs on top of them so so that they're not having an influence on on your actions or or on your confidence or on your results you know so so you got that's why i say you know stay away from the news because that can be layering yes uh, more negative beliefs on top you know so so yeah but I, I think belief is is the foundation of 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 all achievement of all that, achievement yeah. and you the, the confidence is just the bridge that takes you across to your outcomes your confidence is that muscle that Allows you to take the action on what you believe.
1: Ah, I, I could listen to you all day long, Rob. I, I really, yeah. Look, I think that, that that's brilliant, and and I really wanted to reaffirm that even though the world does look like it's going to hell in a handbasket, it's not. You know, it's uh, not. From, It's you know, from a humanity's point of view, we've been here before, so this is nothing new. And I, um, I
0: can't remember who said it, Justin, but there was one one wise chap said you know in times like these it's it's great to know that there's always been times like these (laughs) touche (laughs) touche and and, and it applies to anything you look at (laughs) yes yes whatever you look at since the earth began and since people populated the earth there's always been times like these
1: Amen to that. Uh, That's all I can say, uh, Rob. And uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Rob for his wisdom. And we wanted to mention that if you are feeling doubtful and wayward, that's okay. Life's journey is seldom a straight line. And just when things got comfortable, our foundations get rocked. And what we discover, and to my mind, it's a good thing, that what worked for us in the past isn't as effective as it used to be. And I think that's what most of us are, are feeling. And, and Rob mentioned, we're trying to go back to our familiars, and sometimes uh, that doesn't seem to be the remedy either. I just finished my last mini podcast, and I mentioned this earlier, that features on a Wednesday. Um, in fact, it was just this Wednesday past called A Final Word, and it was a 99 mini series of podcast snippets ranging from two to five minutes, and um, it came out as I said on a Wednesday and a Friday. But it's 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 all available wherever you can access your uh, podcasts. The main show is still uh, going to be on a Monday. Uh, in fact, uh, this uh, interview I'm having with Rob now will come out uh, next week Monday. Now I'm readying myself for the next shift as I take the podcast the YouTube route to get more engagement. Now I'm starting to look out for more interesting people, just like my guest, Rob, and others that I've spoken to in the past to continue this podcast journey of mine and hopefully bring some insightful and energizing conversations we could all use to navigate the present and coming changes. That way you and I can use change as an investor, perhaps as an, as an entrepreneur, perhaps. And that includes those of you who are aspiring entrepreneurs to take advantage of change instead of wishing for times past. I'm Justin Paul here with Robert Hamilton till next we speak, please stay safe and bye from us.
0: Thanks for listening to the money and time machine podcast. And remember, you're either someone else's version of a money and time machine, or you can learn how to become your very own effective money and time machine and to live with purpose on purpose.